0: I um, told you that we're going to begin a series on the subject of healing. And I really want to start out by saying this, that, you know, years ago, I quit trying to figure out, you know, just trying to figure out or try to answer all the questions that I don't have answered. I mean, you know, I've prayed for people and they were, seriously, we've seen people instantly healed, honestly, instantly delivered. Uh, We've seen all sorts of, we've seen people that were prayed for and they left and got their manifestation when they left. And then we prayed for people that, you know, we continue to pray for them. That, that their breakthrough hasn't come like they've wanted to. But um, uh, I, don't, I don't sit and judge a situation why people. There, there, are, there can be reasons why people, you know, uh, why, why people are not um, getting in contact with the supernatural uh, promises of God. It can be, there can be unforgiveness. There can be... Um, that talks about uh, uh, Jesus talked about little faith uh, compared to great faith. Can I have it on un- amen? Amen. amen. Talked about unbelief. There's things in the Bible that you know you're, that we can see. You know that there's things maybe that we adjustments we 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 all need to make personally. But I will never, as a person, uh, I've learned through the years. I'm not here to judge anyone for anything you're dealing with. I'm here to stand with you for your victory. Amen. 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 And all ever, everybody say amen to that. Amen. Whatever it is, whatever breakthrough you need in your life, I'm here to not to judge you, but to stand with you until you get your breakthrough. Now, let me start out by saying this. Every natural curse that ultimately produces death, the, the end result of death in a person's life, every, every natural curse that leads to one's natural death is the fruit or offspring of spiritual death. So, I just want you to know, what is spiritual death? It's not... It's not the cessation of life, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the, it's your, it's you being separated from God, or the eternal life of God, that's what spiritual death is, it's something that we inherited from Adam, the first Adam, the one in the garden, now, uh, let me define what sin is, sin is man exalting his will above God's will, very simple, not that good, so when somebody asks you what sin is, sin is simply you exalting your will above God's. That's what it is. Sin is when you exalt your will above God. You're, that is called pride, and you're saying you're you're saying that you know better than God, uh, and we don't. Come end to that? Um, Adam's act of disobedience severed his relationship with God spiritually, leaving him half dead. The Bible talks about that. He was was alive outwardly, but he was dead on the inside. And and he was was so dead that darkness went inside of him so that he literally lost complete control of the direction for his life. And and he was walking in spiritual darkness and and, and had no light. Now, Romans 5. I want to read this. uh, Verse 12. It says this. Wherefore, as by one man, that's Adam... Sin entered into the world and death by sin. And anytime there it talks about death, it's talking about spiritual death, not natural, spiritual death. Spiritual death is the father of physical death. That's why some people don't believe that Jesus died spiritually. And I'm not in here to uh, talk, uh, you know, get into that. But Jesus could not have died physically without dying spiritually. Because natural death is the fruit of spiritual death. You all understand that? It's impossible. He could not have died. He'd have, lived, he'd have hung on that cross and lived forever. But when he took all the sins of humanity upon himself, that's when the darkness, the darkness or the nature of sinful man entered him, and he paid the price, praise God, for us. Everybody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So that we could have the light that he has now with the Father. Now, let's go on. And uh, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so spiritual death passed upon all men for that law of sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Isn't that true? If you go on the road here 60 miles an hour and they pick you up for speeding, if there's no law says that you know, if there's no law that says 60 miles an hour speeding, they can't give you a ticket. No, that's dangerous. But the but the fact is, without the law. You may be guilty, but without the law, nobody can pass sentence on you. Can I have an amen? Amen. It goes on and says this, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death, that's spiritual, reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the the similitude or likeness of Adam's Adam's transgression, who is the figure, Adam was the figure of him, that's Christ, that was to come but not as it's not as the offense so also is the free gift for if through the offense of one many many be dead spiritually much more the grace of god and the gift by grace the gift of salvation by grace which is by one man jesus christ hath abounded unto many and the many that he's referencing there is romans 10:13 whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved so salvation is for everyone but everyone has to humble themselves And receive it. Everybody say amen to that. Here's the Living Bible says What a difference between man's sin and God's forgiveness. For this one man, Adam, brought death to many through his sin. But this one man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's mercy. Now, Adam's one sin brought the penalty of death to many, while Christ freely takes away many sins and gives glorious life instead. Isn't that cool? Praise God. The sin of this one man, Adam, Caused death to be king over all. Yeah, all have sin, meaning every, the, all humanity was under this curse of spiritual death. But all who will take God's gift of forgiveness and acquittal are kings of life because of this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's sin brought punishment to all, but Christ's righteousness makes men right with God so that they can live. Adam caused many to be sinners because he disobeyed God. And Christ caused many to be made acceptable to God because he obeyed. Isn't that awesome? I said, isn't that awesome? That's why we always give God glory. We always praise our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for what he provided for us. He did, what he did on the cross was not for himself. It was for us. He could have stayed in heaven. He could have stayed there with deity. But he chose to become man to pay the price for our sins. So what does this have to do with healing? Everything. Because when Jesus died on the cross. He atoned for not only our, our, uh, our sins. He atoned also for our sicknesses and diseases. Which we will see from the scriptures. Now I, I like I said earlier when I started. I can't explain everything. But what I do is I take you back to the word of God. We read the word of God. And then we lay hold of the word of God. No matter what others testify what they think. We have to go to the word of God and just declare what the word says. Can I have an amen? Amen. That's most important. So, thing. Jesus' redemptive sacrifice provided wholeness in in our spiritual lives, our emotional lives, and our physical lives. Amen. Spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing. Today... They say today, I mean, there's such a huge, massive problem. We have, Faith was here. I talked to Faith earlier tonight. You know, a um, uh, huge problem today with, uh, with just the mental health of people. There's just so much stress people are under today and um, so much oppression. And, um, and, and there's a reason because there's a real devil. And he, he comes to torment us. And if you agree with me on that, say amen. So anyway, then there's relational healing. I I just wrote this down, the Cain and Abel, sin, or the Cain syndrome, Cain and Abel. Uh, The very moment that Cain lost his connection with love, then the fruit of death began to enter his heart, and that fruit was manifested in the murder of his brother. So love never fails, but without love, we definitely will fail. Amen? So... Psalms, just a couple things. Psalms 107 verse 20 says this. Now this is the Amplified. He sends forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit and destruction. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord. Oh, that men would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And I love this part. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and I like this, and rehearse his deeds with shouts of joy and singing. How many believe the world would respond quicker if we just rehearsed his deeds? Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. It really does. Now. If you remember about a month ago I shared. We shared this story about the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, there were three keys to her healing. Number one. She heard. She heard that Jesus heals people. Number two, that, that created hope in her heart so that she came. And then number three, she reached out. Now, I'm just saying this because we're going to pray, pray tonight for people in a few minutes. But I just want you to remember that. Let's say that, let's say, she came. So you came tonight, you came. She heard, she heard. and she reached out. And the reaching out, of course, is faith in action. She reached out to receive. And the reason that's so important, because a few uh, weeks ago when we prayed, we prayed for like 40 or 50 people on a Wednesday night uh, for healing. And um, some, people, um, some people got it, but most of them didn't. Got what? They got the keys to tapping into the supernatural. To come up here Without any to come up here, without a spirit of expectation, it's just you want to just sit in your seat. I'm just saying, I'm just, we're all trying to help each other. Amen. Um, reach out like you're reaching for something. Just reach out like you're reaching for something. No, you don't go like that. You reach out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Come here, Greg. I'll let you get up. Come here for a second. Come up here. No, you can keep your phone, your Bible. Okay, reach out. See he's reaching up or something. He's reaching out for it, and he's reaching out, and, and God doesn't do this. God do it again. Reach out. God doesn't do this. No, I'm serious. What, I mean, how many have ever seen this? And this ticks me off when it happens. Shake my hand. People do that, And I think that's the rudest and most disrespectful thing to do to anybody. Or they go like this, Do it again. Like well, I don't know what that means.) <laughs> I'm serious. To me, that's rude. So don't do that. Sit down. Thank you. You reach out. You reach out expecting something from God. Amen. Hebrews 11. We're just going to read a couple of scriptures defining what faith is. and Then we'll read a little more tonight. In Hebrews 11:1, It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you've ever been sick, my goodness gracious, sickness has never taught me anything, but that good, good, uh, healing and wholeness is better. Is much better. So, so you know, so faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe. So that's why that woman received. She came to God because she heard that Jesus heals people. And she had this issue of blood for 12 years, had spent all the money on physicians. And not that, you know, especially the, the, the medical situation that day, of course, was you know, was nothing compared to what is today, and yet she spent all she had, but but grew worse. But when she heard, she came, and she reached up, because she said within herself, that's why when you come forward to get, you need to talk to yourself when you come forward to get healed, I mean, to be prayed for. For she said within herself, if I may just touch, if I can just get close enough, There were probably, I don't know, whatever. You know, I'm not trying to be evangelistically, but there were probably 5, 10, 15, 20,000 people there that day. Masses of people. And she worked her way right there, just getting five feet from him. She just reached out. She reached out just barely touched the hem of his garment. Man, the power of God left Jesus' body. He felt it. Amen. Because she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be made whole. So that's how she came. She didn't come saying, well, I hope to God I get close, but if I don't, well, it must have been God's will. No, she fought for it. She expected it. I think we should have the same kind of spirit. Amen? You can write this down in your Bible. If you haven't already, faith begins with the will of God is known. So if we're not convinced that healing belongs to us, then we, we, we don't have the faith it takes to, to tap into that promise for in the realm of the spirit. The Message Bible says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. I, years ago, I wrote a definition of faith. I was just sitting down praying about and I, I believe the Spirit of God gave me this definition of faith. Why don't you put that up there if you would. Uh, this is, I wrote this down, and just I felt it was came by the Spirit. It said this. Faith is the spiritual force inherent in God's Word. Does it come from Time Magazine? Does it come from USA Today? It comes from the Word. It's the spiritual force inherent in God's Word given to whosoever believes. Say, I'm a whosoever. I'm whosoever. For the purpose of taking you from the realm of limitations into the spirit realm of no limitations. To the realm where all things are possible and where nothing is impossible. <laughs> I think That's so good. That's good. Not good? That's what it is. It takes you from the limitations to the unlimitations of whatever God promised in His Word. Amen. And, and um, now, as we study the Scriptures, we're going to find out that God's Word will stand on its own. Uh, all you have to do is have the childlike faith to accept what it says and then stand, uh, stand for what it says uh, uh, um, with, with, with hope anchored in His promises. Everybody say Amen. Um, now, just for something weird, different, instead of getting into a lot of scriptures that I'm going to get into next week with the, with the, um, with, because we're studying that, really, the ministry of Jesus more than the Old Testament. We can prove throughout the whole of the Old Testament there's scriptures regarding uh, and we'll read a couple as we close here. But what I wanted to do tonight was go back to the book of Genesis to find out how things were before the curse entered Adam's life. Now, I just want you to just, just throw this thought, or think about this. Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. That's old. <laughs> Especially if you retired at 70. <laughs> now, there's no retirement there. I mean, that's old. And yet, we have to believe that of those 969, 800 of them might have been pretty good. I'm just saying, right? I mean, you know, the, pro- the, the, progress, of, the progress of man's transgression took that long to take Methuselah. So, it just goes to show you how long God wanted man to live. Now, because of God's mercy he shortened it with his covenant with Abraham he shortened it 120 years Brother Copeland believes he's going to live to be 120 and I believe that I'll be in heaven supporting that (laughs) I'm just no way no way I want to be my my kids and grandkids drooling at the corner of my mouth you think great grandpa's ever going to die nope nope I know sometimes you get on talking about death, but, you know, my mom mom is in an nursing home. She'll be 95 years old. And she hasn't talked for, you know, whatever, three or four years. And just eats and sleeps and eats and sleeps. And I prayed earnestly for her to go home and be with the Lord. But she is a tough German woman. She just won't go. (laughs) Because for us, death is not the end of life. It's the beginning of life. It's simply the door that gets us there. So we're going back to Genesis 1. Let's read a little bit and then we'll pray. In Genesis 1, we'll look at how things were before Adam fell. We'll just we're gonna begin at the verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. The New Living Translation. It says, darkness covered the deep waters. I like the Living Bible. It says the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass. So you know that God didn't create it that way. Something happened. Uh, so the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass. But the good news is the Spirit of God was brooding over the dark vapors. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Liberty, emancipation from bondage. And, um, and the Bible says, uh, Then God said, Let there be light, and light appeared. Now let's go on in verse 4. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness, called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called that space sky. And evening passed and morning came, and marking the second day. And then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground appeared. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees, plural, that's plural, uh, that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't that beautiful at this moment that man ain't even around? Right? And God didn't do this for himself. You know, he had already, you know, he's going to make man in his image and likeness, which we'll read in a moment. But I just wanted to show you that God is not a God of, uh, of um, lack, you know. He's not a God that's barely enough. He's a God of abundance. Abundance. I just wanted to show you just how beautiful, I mean, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, uh, he talks about no, oh, the land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, trees, seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let great lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them mark off the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights shine, uh, uh, let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that's what happened. God made two great lights, the sun and the moon, the larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars, and I put in here billions. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, to separate the light from darkness. And God saw it was good. And evening passed, morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, let the water swarm with fish and, uh, and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds. And all the hunters should be shouting, hallelujah. All the fishermen should be shouting. <laughs> I don't really hunt fish, but I think it's cool. When we were in uh, Cabo San Lucas, it was, um, it was uh, the, the whales were down there. Oh my goodness, what creatures. I love it when they come out of the water and you can see their eye looking at you. And they blow their snouts. It's just it's just awesome. Okay, I'll move, keep going. <laughs> then God said, let the, uh, let the waters um, uh, swarm of fish with other life. Let the skies be filled with birds, every kind. So, I mean, you can see here, just, I mean, he just is, verse 25, God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, and God saw, God saw that it was good. Verse 28, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves, And they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, and let all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the whole earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. And God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. I'm telling you, man. And just think today. Now, just think where... This is not Adam. There's one guy and his wife. And their two sons. They kind of start that way, okay? But just think of the abundance that was in the earth. And, of course, we know that Adam was placed in a garden a garden of God or in an atmosphere where, where God had blessed them and says, now, now, now be, uh, make sure that you cultivate and make sure that you protect this ground. And I believe for this reason, because if you're faithful right here, you'll end up experiencing uh, 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 having authority over the whole earth. But now we know the earth, Now we know over the whole earth that 6,000 years later, uh, does anybody know how many people are on this planet? Seven what? Over seven billion. A billion? Seven billion? Well, thank you. Seven billion. And guess what? There's no such thing as shortage anywhere in the earth except when it comes to the greed of man that creates the shortages. We're just saying how big God is. Amen. So, I mean, it's just awesome that the... what I just wanted you to see what it was like before the fall. You see that there's nothing but abundance... Nothing but prosperity and blessing. Uh, 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 he, God, uh, Adam walked in the fullness of God's presence and the fullness of God's provision. Uh, he walked in the fullness of God's health. You cannot find anywhere where there's sickness and disease before the fall. Isn't that cool? Just to let you know that. Why is this important? Because, see, if, we don't, if we're not careful, the, the abnormal becomes normal. Right? The abnormal becomes normal. That which is wrong becomes right. And all of a sudden, our whole, whole, our whole lives have been turned upside down because we believe something that's not true. We believe that every season, at this time, we get the colds. Every season, at this time, we get whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, we rehearse these things every year. Yeah, just about this time, every year, I catch the cold. And all of a sudden, we're accepting things that are not to be. Not that we don't experience these things. But we ought not to. It should be rare. It shouldn't be the norm. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be the norm in our lives. It should be. So again, I just wanted you to see just the, the, and I'm not going to read the rest of it because I want to pray for people, but you can see how the abundance of everything that God made. I'm going to go down here just a moment. Uh, Verse 9 of the second chapter. It said, The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, That's cool. And that produced delicious fruit. That's awesome. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river watered the garden and then flowed out of Eden and divided into four branches. The first branch called Pishon flowed around the entire land of Havilah where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. And I like this part. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. I mean, I, I mean... Oh my goodness, that had to have been really an awesome place. It just, he didn't give him fool's gold from South Dakota. <laughs> just again, just to show you the mind of God. The Bible says that, and I don't understand all of it, but it says the heavens' streets are paved with gold. And so God wanted that, that to be part, God wanted to reward man with that kind of luxury. Amen? Amen? I mean, I'm just saying, he, he, he's not a puny-thinking God. We shouldn't be puny-thinking or think, you know, someday in the sweet by and by. God wants to bless you now. God is never against us having prosperity. He's against prosperity having us. I mean, just, okay. I mean, in, in, okay, so if you don't have anything tonight, does that measure your spiritual life? Absolutely not. We minister, we minister to people in the Philippines that literally had nothing. They lived, the, uh, they lived in shacks but they loved Jesus with all their hearts and 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 they, they, they walked in the faith of God and they walked in the love of God. So materialism 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 doesn't measure your spirituality. Can I have an amen to that? So don't, don't ever judge people about that, you know. Because sometimes we feel bad sometimes in sometimes in our lives or seasons of our life maybe you know you're not driving the best car living in the nicest house it doesn't mean any, it doesn't have anything to do with your spiritual life. You keep loving God, keep serving God, Keep believing God, and God will bring you up and out. Can I have an amen? amen? God is good. Hallelujah. So, I'll read these scriptures, and we're going to pray tonight. Exodus, verse 20, uh, chapter 23, verse 25 says, This is a promise that God gave to the Israelites. You shall serve the Lord your God. Say, I'm serving God. I'm serving God. Amen. And he shall bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness from your midst. Amen. amen. And one other place, and that's, and again, we've talked about this, you know, how do we know God? We know God by studying the life of Jesus. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says that God will not, God will, uh, the sicknesses that he puts on Egypt or other nations, he won't put on you. But I got thinking about that. I don't believe that God has any sickness. I just don't believe he does. Because I can't see it through the ministry of Jesus. I mean, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have it. Now, we know that. When Job, Satan came to God regarding Job He says, hey, take your hand off of Job and he'll curse you God said, go ahead, you got him but you can't take his life So, man, he was plagued with boils and all sorts of junk But that didn't come from God Why is this important? Because sometimes I think I don't know about you, but there's days I feel unworthy There's days, you know, I feel I don't qualify for the blessings of God But my works or lack thereof doesn't determine God's promise of His goodness to me. My kids' behavior doesn't determine my love and goodness towards them. I mean, the little mistake we all make. I'm not talking about complete and total rebellion. Can I have an amen? amen? The message says, but you, you serve your God and He'll bless your food and your water. And I like this, I'll get rid of the sickness among you, and there won't be any miscarriages nor barren women in your land. And I'll make sure you live full and complete lives. Is that beautiful? I just love things like this. Uh, Why why should we take a hold of that? Because these promises are for God's covenant people. How many covenant people are in here tonight? You have a covenant with God. They belong to you. And if if you're healthy tonight, then I want you to reach out with all your faith and believe God for healing for those that are believing for healing. Stand with them. But then one day they'll be standing with you. Galatians, almost done here. Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. How many believe that sickness is a curse? Amen. Sure is. Anybody who's ever been sick knows it. I mean, it's nothing good about it. And um, uh, it, it, do you remember the scripture that says cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. Verse 14. And now because of that the air is cleared. And we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available to, for non-Jews too. We are all able to receive God's life, His Spirit in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. Now so the curse of sickness has been, uh, has been reversed. Now. Do you remember when Adam, I'm just, I'm, excuse me, when Abraham and Sarah, you know, they were to conceive. And, of course, he got in the flesh, you know, um, tried to make it uh, happen without the anointing of God. And uh, it didn't work. But he got, he, he, he stayed under faith. He, he kept believing God. And then God healed Sarah. And God healed him. And they had the promised child, Isaac. Can I have an amen? amen. And the Bible says that, here's what it says about Abraham. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't stagger, but he he grew, here's the amplified, he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He he, he just, he he grew strong in faith as he gave praise and glory to God. So that's what I want you to do tonight, tonight. Every one of us, I want you to praise God. I want you to thank him that he's your healer tonight. Do it by faith. Do it by faith. Thanking that He's your healer. Praise God. And then, um, then expect Him to touch you. So, again, as we close here, I want to read Proverbs 4. And then I, musicians, come forward. Andy, come forward. We'll pray, uh, pray with, um, with some music. My child, Proverbs 4, um, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they, my words, bring life to those who find them and healing... To all their flesh, or to their whole body. The word healing there is the word Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. It literally means, this is what it means. I'm not, I didn't add anything. I just took it out of the, uh, out of the Hebrew. It means medicine. It means a cure, deliverance, a remedy. Hallelujah. So it says this. For they, my words, bring healing, medicine, a cure, deliverance, and a remedy to your whole body. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah.